evening, everyone. So we're going to be in Jonah tonight. Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1, and we're going to reference a little bit of chapter 2 and a little bit out of 3 and a little bit out of 4. So. <clears throat> we're going to read that whole first chapter of Jonah, so... All right, Jonah chapter one. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is come upon us? What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it uh, to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done it as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. All right, let's pray and we'll get right into this. Lord, thank you for this evening that you've given us. Thank you for the time that we have to be here. I just pray that you'd be with these um, the communication efforts tonight. Lord, would you um, bless in a mighty way, Father, in my heart and the hearts of men and women here, um, that we would glean something from this passage, Lord, and just take it home with us and help us to be more like you. Thank you for your word. And just having already read it is a blessing. I'm thankful for that. And again, I want to 
just be pray for our, our pastor, Lord, and his way. We'll be tra traveling back tomorrow to be with him and Miss Chelsea and the kids, Lord. Just keep them safe, Lord. Looking forward to seeing them again. And we just pray that you bless this time. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so I kind I want this message to piggyback a little bit off of what I was preaching on, on Sunday morning, um, talking about uh, God's plan for victory in our lives. And Jonah's life doesn't necessarily match that, <laughs> right? Uh, it, it, certainly someone run away from, running away from God's plan doesn't seem like, oh, that guy's victorious, right? Uh, certainly not, but we're, we're going to get there. Okay, so let's just, um, let's just take this verse by verse, and, and we'll make some application along the way. Uh, we won't be too long tonight. I know it's a Wednesday night, and I know we, we're familiar with the story of Jonah, I suppose, most of us, um, if not all of us. So let's not tune out. Let's, uh, let's engage, maybe as if we haven't heard this story before, um, and jump right in. So the Lord of the Lord comes to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, I want to make a quick point of reference as I think about that, the word of the Lord coming and telling uh, Jonah to go and cry against the city because there's wickedness. Um, I really appreciated Brother Tim's outreach charge uh, tonight. And it's very true that God wants to be there with you and go with you as you go to tell people. Um, but we're not called to go out there and just call people out for their wickedness, right? Brother Tim's not advocating that we knock on you know, their door and start proclaiming things that they do and just awful things and stuff like that, right? We, we carry God's presence and we, you know, seek to tell them about Jesus. Um, but there is wickedness in the world, right? And we ought to be out there telling people about him. But I, I want to just make that note that I really appreciated the way that he had phrased that. It was very helpful to me um, to think that if we pray, God will have someone on, he will place someone on your mind and he will help, their, help you um, and be with you as you go to witness to them. And we kind of see that here. The word of the Lord goes to Jonah and says, hey, I want you to be my vessel to go here and cry against this city. <clears throat> Verse 3, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down um, from the presence of the Lord. Now, if you've noticed, there's a key word there in that verse that's said a few times. Um, it's not the word down, right? Although I heard a preacher say one time that Jonah went down to Tarshish, he went down to the belly of the whale, he's going down, 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 you know? It's true. Um, but the word that I'm, I wanted to look at and focus at tonight is that word presence there. It says, But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. See, now that's, now that's where life gets hard. Because like Brother Park had preached the other day um, about the Holy Spirit, right? Being and dwelling with you and kind of being there with you. It's kind of the same thing with the Lord's presence. God has a will for your life and he wants you to follow that. Um, and you can run from that, but that doesn't mean you're actually away from God's presence. Um, God may not want to dwell. I mean, he's in you if you're saved. No help in that, right? Um, but that doesn't mean he has to prove of what you're doing. Um, and many of us can run from the presence of God, but in reality, we're not running away from his presence because he's God and he's everywhere. And whether he approves of what you're doing or not, he is there. So please don't kid yourself into thinking that as you flee from God, you're actually getting away from him. It says that he, it says he went down again, and it says to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. It says it there again. And look at this. It says, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. 
So it doesn't sound like Jonah got away from the presence of the Lord. Right? It sounds like he's trying to flee from the presence of the Lord, but clearly the Lord's still there in this tempest. <clears throat> he's there in this mighty tempest. And you know, think a tempest is like a storm. No, it's not like a storm. It's like a massive hurricane, whirlwind, awful, terrible thing is, is what this is. So that the ship was like to be broken. Verse 5 says, The mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. Right, everyone, whoever you serve, right, let's find out what's going on here. Where's Jonah? He's sleeping. They, they wake up Jonah. They ask him to. Um, verse 7, it says, They say everyone to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and it falls upon Jonah. So now they ask Jonah, Who are you? What's going on? Where are you from? They, they start interrogating him, all these things. And he says unto them, I am in Hebrew. And I, in verse 9, he says, And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. And this makes the, the men afraid. And, and I just make a little note there as he says, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Think about that. Think about being on this boat in the midst of a, a tempest like this. And he says, well, I worship Jehovah God, the self-existent one, the one who's made the sea, <laughs> look around you, and the one who's made dry land, the salvation, that what we need terribly right now. I serve the God who's made this sea and also is our rescue. That's who I serve. Verse 10 says, The men exceedingly afraid said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from what? The presence of the Lord, because he had told them. So Jonah confesses and says what he's doing. I'm, I'm attempting to run away from God's will because I really don't want the Ninevites to find salvation. They're wicked, terrible people and they don't deserve it. And I'm just not going to do it. And I'm going to go this way. I'm going to get away from the presence of God. And what happens? God's presence is still there in this terrible storm, and you can see it. And the men on the ship, they say, what's going on? And Jonah says, it's, it's my fault. I, this, is, this is why it's happening. is because I'm trying to flee from God, and, it, and it's not right. And they say, why would you do this? Why, why would you do something like this? And, and they try to figure out a plan. They said unto him, what shall we do unto thee? In verse 11, that the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous. It was very strong. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Now one might think that maybe Jonah would say, Hold on a second, give me a second, let me get right with God and say that I'll follow his will <laughs> and I'll do what's right and I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm sorry God and I'll go to Nineveh and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll do that and I'll get my heart right with God. But instead he just says, Toss me overboard because I'd rather that because then I'll really flee from the presence of God. Because I know if I can just get thrown over and die, well, that'll do it. At least the message won't go to Nineveh. <clears throat> but again, even someone like Jonah who would go so far to flee from the presence of God also still cannot flee from his presence because God still knew better and prepared a fish, as we know, right, to swallow Jonah. So the men try, right? Nevertheless, in verse 13, it says, they rode hard to bring the ship to land, but they could not do it. It's like there's no way they're making it there, not with God's presence being there. There's no way they're making it. God prepares this fish. They pray. Look at this in verse 14. This is kind of neat. It says, they cried unto Jehovah God, right? And they say, we beseech thee, O Lord. Now, hold on a second. These men were just praying to whoever not too long ago. But at this point, seeing what's going on, they're like, I mean, this, this probably is the real God, right? Um, oh, Lord God, we beseech thee, God, um, you know, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as, that is, as it pleased thee. 
<laughs> you sound like devoted Christians, um, devoted men of God, right? <clears throat> so verse 15, they took up Jonah and they cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging. Just like that, right? It stops. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. Do you imagine that? I mean, I'm sorry. Again, you can say, oh, here in Nebraska, it was 20 degrees this morning and it got up to 50, right? Okay, that's nothing like you're in the middle of a tempest and then it just stops. Okay, that's different. That's, that's miraculous. That's, that's different, right? That'll catch your attention. <clears throat> the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And look at this. And offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. <laughs> this guy, he's the real deal. God is the real deal. We should like, sacrifice to him and we should like commit ourselves to this to this kind of power that that's pretty incredible i want to make it known real quick that even as jonah was fleeing the presence of god god's presence is still there and still at work and still able to work and someone that was running from him that these men were able to see the miracles um, of, of of god happening before them it's a pretty awesome thing that God's able to do that. <clears throat> we come to chapter 2, and it says that Jonah prays unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And we're not going to get into all the details here, but he's, he's praying and he's saying, God, <clears throat> you know, thrown, thrown into, into here, and I can't remember the verse right here that says, you know, out of the uh, fish's belly, out of the belly of hell in verse 2, it says, I cried, and thou heardest my voice, voice, and he gets right with God. Look at here, it says, Verse 9, but I will forsake, or sorry, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So again, that's God's presence. As he's trying to flee, right? Think about this. He's trying to flee God's presence, and he's not able to. He's in the storm. He's in the fish. The fact that the fish spit him out. God's just all over this picture as he's fleeing from him. And if you look at chapter 3, Verse 1 says, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, right? Saying, arise, go into Nineveh, this great city, and preach unto it, right? So let's try this again. <laughs> and this is great for, for us to read because we can learn from it, but, you know, for Jonah, man, he sure learned a lesson there, right? And what we get to benefit from that is this story that has a picture of the same man in two different scenarios. One, he seeks to flee the presence of God <clears throat> and still sees the presence of God on a man who's, you know, in whose life is uh, one of you know, anger, uh, one where he says, I'm not going to do what you want me to do, God. And then we see God's presence actively happening there. <clears throat> and then in this chapter, in chapter 3, we see a man who goes and is willing to follow God's will. <clears throat> now we know from chapter 4 that his heart still wasn't exactly right but he's following God <clears throat> to go to Nineveh. And it says, <clears throat> look at this in verse 3 of chapter 3, So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey, and Jonah began to enter in the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Man. So again, let's just, let's just rewind. And look at this picture again from these two people. Same person, two different scenarios here. God tells him to do something. He says, no way. I'm fleeing your presence. I'm just going to go like this and you're not going to see me. You know, Gideon does that sometimes, especially in his little, right? If I go like this, I'm invisible. No, it's no. Sorry, Jonah. God's like, 
I still see you. <laughs> it's ridiculous to think that I don't, right? I still see you. And not only that, see this, right? And then the storm comes and this hurricane happens. Not following God's will, God still works. And we see a few men come to know God and see his power. Pretty, pretty awesome still. Now, God tells Jonah, let's do this again and let's go. Jonah follows God's will, right? Goes um, and sees his presence again. But in this, at this time, it's different. Rather than just seeing a boat of men come to know God, it says that this exceeding great city believes God. So just keep, keep that in mind for a second as we think about whether or not we want to choose to follow what we want to do and flee from the presence of God or take God's presence with us because you can see God do miraculous things, good or bad, like a storm, and a few men see that, which is great. Thankful for that part. Or you follow God's will as intended, and then you see like a whole city come to know him because that was God's original plan for your life. So what's the difference here? Well, first of all, Jonah's not doing anything in his own strength. He's not saving anybody. He's not stopping a storm. He didn't jump off the. He didn't say, "Hey, let me jump off this boat because I see a fish right there, and if you throw me just at the right time, I could probably get in there, and then maybe he'll spit me out." No, he didn't. Right? God is all over this. It's all. It's all God's doing. So here's the question: If God's with you, whether you flee from Him, try to flee from Him, or follow His will, well, which would you rather? His presence is going to be there, Christian. He's there with you. So either you run from him and you still allow his presence to be there in a not-so-great, pleasant way, or you follow God and see him do some pretty awesome, miraculous things. So think about, for a second, um, think about our, our missionaries. Let's take the, let's take the Hainlines, right, who we, just, who we just called. I know, I know Brother Chad and uh, Miss Sarah Hainline. Actually, Sarah grew up in a church not too far away from my own uh, up in New York. God, the word of the Lord came to Chad Hainline, just like he did here, right? And said, go unto Kenya, Africa, like kind of where his dad went, Sudan and those areas, right? He says, go. And what I want you to do is I want you to preach the word to these men and women. Now, what is he really saying? He's saying, yeah, preach the word. But what is he saying? Again, who, whose word? God's word. So Chad can't go with his wife and kids and just start saying stuff and expect miracles to happen. So one of two things happens. He says, God's called me to Africa. This is like a lot of people don't ever want to do that. <laughs> Lord, I will give everything, but don't make me go to Africa. Don't make me go to these places, right? So either he runs and he says, I know what God's telling me to do, but we're going to stay here in the States and we're just going to, we're going to live in Oklahoma City and things are going to be just fine. And you know what? God could still work. God could still work, just like he did in Jonah as he fleed. He could still see souls saved through that. He can, he can do great things, which is, which is fine, but it's not God's plan. And God's presence will be there, but it's not what God intended. But Chad could say, Brother Hainline could say, well, let's just go ahead and follow God's will. And what we're really doing is we're carrying God's presence with us. Because God's ultimate desire, just like it was here, was that his presence would be taken to Nineveh. God wanted his presence in Nineveh, and he wanted Jonah to take it there. And it's the exact same thing with you and I. God wants his presence here in Fall City. And he wants every single one of us to be able to go out and take that. But here's the thing. Some of you, some of you, some of, sometimes this guy right here, right? 
we choose to live however we want, do whatever we want, and, and flee from God and what He might be calling us to do and all these things. And we act like God's going to give us these great Nineveh experiences of, of people coming to God and all these great things happening when, when in reality it's like we're not fully given over to God. It's like we're trying to flee from His presence and not live the way that we're supposed to live. And what God's saying is that's simply not going to work that way. I can be there and I have power and I might show you that, but again, it's not in the way that I'm intending. You and I have to understand that as Christians, we're called to carry God's presence, right, as tangible representations of God and have His presence with us wherever we go. And He has us in Fall City or wherever you live and right now in Fall City, right? <clears throat> what He wants you to do is take that presence, follow His will, because He wants to dwell with, with someone. There's people right here in Fall City right now that God wants to dwell with. He wants to have a, a relationship with. He wants them to be saved. He wants them to be called unto himself so they can enjoy that salvation and they can give God the glory that he's ultimately due and stop wasting their lives living for the flesh, devil, and sin, and everything else. And he wants to dwell with them. And he's saying, okay, I have Brother Tim, and I have Miss Victoria, and I have Brace, and I have men and women here at this church. And thus saith the word of God comes to you and says, you're here, and what I want you to do is I want you to take my presence and I want you to give it to so-and-so, whoever that might be. Whoever that might be that, like Brother Tim was saying, as you pray and God puts that person in your heart, he says, yes, that's exactly it. I want you to take my presence to that person because I want to dwell with that person. I want to change that person's life. I want to do a work in their life. And you say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do that because that person doesn't deserve it. That person, It's not that person for whatever reason it might be, and you just decide to go this way. And God says, you are my child, and you can try to run, but I will still be there. And maybe you'll see me do some miraculous things. God's good like that. For his namesake, he will, he will bless in certain ways, and, and, and I'm not saying he won't. But God's plan for you always has been and always will be, whatever that, whatever that was, whoever that person was. He wants you to take his presence to this person because he knows that his presence is what can change that person's heart. But unfortunately, we so many times decide who we share his presence with, where we take God's presence. We don't set the terms for this. Thank God that he sent a fish to save Jonah, right? Because God said, I still love the people in Nineveh, and this guy's being a little hard-headed right now, and if I, gotta, if I gotta cause a storm and cause a fish to puke him out onto the land, have him walk a day and then go, <laughs> you know, preach the message that way, I'm gonna do it. Why? Because he, because, well, Jonah, I just, Jonah's just my child, I'm just gonna, you know, yeah, that's my plan for him. No, he's like, I don't, I want to dwell among these people here, and I'm using this person. It's kind of humbling, huh? To think you're in false city, you're a believer, you accepted the Lord as, as your Savior. He's done a miraculous thing in your life in saving your soul. And he says, my spirit indwells you. You can live every single day for me. You can seek me. I can dwell with you. And I can talk to you. And I can whisper into your ear and say, you need to give that, that person a, a friend day card. I... I want to dwell with that person like I dwell with you. That person needs to know me, and I want you to go over there. It's humbling that the, the king of kings would use someone like me, someone like yourself, to go be an ambassador for him. 
to carry his presence. And I'm telling you right now, it's with you. Where are you taking it? Are you fleeing from what God wants you to do, or are you carrying it with you? Jonah was getting tossed off that, about to get tossed off that boat. He said, I serve the God who's made the dry land and the sea. Picture that. He's saying, I know why this is happening right now. It's because I'm not living for God the way that I need to be. I'm not following Him like I should be. And this is where we are right now. And he kind of thinks about it for a second and says, this is happening because of me. And I know where the dry land is. And I know how to get there. But I was unwilling to follow God and His plan for my life. Friend, if, if you want to see those Nineveh kind of experiences, now I'm not saying you're going to go you know, to the grocery store and proclaim Jesus and everyone's just going to say, wow, probably not going to look like that, right? But I will say, we serve a God who wants to dwell here in Fall City and he still wants to see people saved. That is what he wants. We have to believe that because he does. This is not everybody that he wants to dwell with right here in right. Fall City. It's not. Right. He wants to more people to know him. And if we believe that, then you need to believe that he will speak to your heart about someone. He'll give you opportunities because he's not interested in you just living your day and going to work and eating your favorite meal after and watching your favorite TV show. That's not what he's in. He's, he's not, you don't carry his presence just so you can live that way. He carries your presence so, you carry his presence so you can follow this book and you can listen and be close to him and you can say, isn't life so great living with the Heavenly Father? Isn't this wonderful? We should share. Please, please bring me to so-and-so. I would love to, I would love you to introduce me to them. They're having a hard time right now. They're going through some really, some really hard things right now. And you know what? I'm, I'm the lifter of, of burdens. I'm the restorer of hearts in, relation, in relationships. And oh, that marriage is, is, is broken and it's hard. You know what would be a great verse for that person? You know what kind of encouragement you could give to that person? Here, take my presence with me and say something kind to them. Hey, take my presence over the phone and give this person a call and watch like a Ninevite ex experience happen as, as what? As, oh, Brother Mike just makes a phone call and the world changes. No, Brother Mike says, I know my God. And if he's telling me to do something, I'm going to do it. Because I'm not just doing it. He's not just being mean to me. Oh, God, I'm so anxious. I don't want to talk to this person. I'm so nervous. God says, get over your nerves. I want to dwell with them. We have that relationship. You need to go. You need to bring my presence to them to help, to restore, to like create a relationship with God. It's pretty awesome that we're called uh, to do that, that we have that opportunity <clears throat> today. I encourage you, and really, I'm really thankful for the, the outreach charge tonight because I feel like it really ties in um, with this. And I... And I'll, I'll close saying this, and it's, it's early, but I feel like the point got across. Um, so I'll, I'll end with saying this, that I think we should commit tonight in our hearts and minds to praying and asking God um, that before Friend Day, He would lay someone on our heart, someone to talk to about Him. If God's still interested in dwelling amongst people, right, like here in Fall City or wherever you're from, if God's still interested and wants to dwell in the hearts of those men and women, and you ask him and say, God, whom would you want me to carry your presence to this week? There's no way he's just going to say, eh, don't worry about that. You don't need to, it's, it's whatever, just, you know, just go have fun. Go do something else. He's not going to say that. He's going to be excited and say, I'm glad you asked. You know why? Because so-and-so 
could really could really use a little bit of some some God right now. That person's so hard. Yeah, the Ninevites were so great and easy to talk to. <laughs> sure were. A wicked people. But it, it's not about what Jonah said. It's not about what you say. It's about taking God's presence to that person and letting God do a work. And that's the opportunity that we have tonight. We have this week. I'm not going to act like I'm out there being Superman, t- talking up, telling all these people about God. This message is for me just as much as it is for you. But I know that God's presence is greatly needed here in Fall City. It's greatly needed in this country. I'm going to say that again. It's greatly needed in this country. Um, and God's chosen us to carry that presence. It's there with you. Just don't, don't try to run from it, friends. <laughs> don't try to run from it tonight. Take it with you to that person that God has laid on your heart or will lay on your heart. And if you feel like, Brother Mike, I don't know if there's someone that God's laid on my heart, pray about it. Take it to him. Say, God, I need, I need to tell somebody about you. I just, I've spent too many days just silent when I know that your name needs to be spread abroad. How can I be silent for so long? Maybe some of you, it's been days, weeks, months, maybe even years since you really considered or, or talked to someone or invited someone to church. Friend, I'm telling you, we're called to take his presence, to carry it and speak and communicate and tell people about him so you can do a great work. Put all your thoughts aside and allow God to work in your, in your heart that way. Let's go ahead and uh, bow for prayer. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word. I'm so thankful for uh, the book of Jonah, and I'm thankful for the clear picture it gives us, Lord, of a man given two, two opportunities, Lord, and to be able to follow after you um, that second time and to see you do such an incredible work, Lord. Your presence is, is there. And I just pray, God, for my own my own life as as well, God, that you just help me to be convinced of that. God, there's there's no greater greater place to be than, you know, walking with you and in fellowship with you. Um taking your presence to those around me, Lord, and just watching you do some incredible things. It's 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 an awesome life. God help me. Um, to get there, Lord, to continuously grow and be more like you and take your presence here and across the world, Lord, whatever you'd have, help us to be submissive to that. So as we take just a few moments here.